This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. It's Little Friday, did you know that? Time to get your party on. Oh, I'm going to party. You going to party? What are we in? Oh, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, NATO, the non-active tornado organization. Hey, I was just watching the president. Uh, this is live. He's coming down the stairs of his uh, giant uh, airplane holding hands with his wife. A lot of holding hands with his wife, I noticed, over there in Europe. So, any talk there for a while of she won't hold his hand and she clearly hates him. At least publicly, she doesn't hate him. Or he's forcing her. Hmm. Who knows, but... Ah, I forgot to bring my coffee in. Damn it. I gotta wait like ten minutes before I drink any more coffee. That's no... Did you just, <laughs> just run to get my coffee? Did, go ahead. Did you just womp womp Joe not having coffee? I, I, I did. How dare you, Michael? How dare you? I like coffee. How dare you? I'm having my first sip right now. It's my favorite sip of the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I have my last sip at about 8 o'clock at night. (laughs) My first sip right now. Um, Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. I want to uh, try to come up with, like, a new hobby. You know, people used to do stamp collecting or coin collecting or whatever. But I collected stamps. Did you collect stamps? I was trying to explain to my kids what that was and why you would do it. They just looked at me like I was speaking a foreign language. Yeah. Why would, what are those again? Yeah, me The too. post office? <laughs> and why would you? Okay. Cool, Dad. Anyway. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking about photography and maybe collect, making a scrapbook of, you know, just my life from this point on all the way to the end. From this point on till. Uh, uh, I guess I could get some... Pictures of me as a kid, too. But I just think it would be cool to have a book, you know, that starts when you're young and goes all the way up to the very end. But You know what? And maybe we're just bad parents, but I think in general there's a lot less people having pictures around because, you, you know, you take them all digitally. Right. And you got them hanging around on your phone or somewhere on your computer. But the- well, my wife was crazy into the scrapbooking thing, and we've got these beautiful photo albums of... With captions That's and good. dates and all sorts we, of stuff. We don't do that. We got a yeah. we got a gazillion pictures, but they're all on a computer somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering is how do you print these things? Is it just you use print paper? You know the photo paper. Mm-hmm. 
because um, I know you don't get film anymore, obviously. So I'm trying to figure out how this all works in the modern age. Yeah, if you, you know? set up, a, you can set up an account like at a Target or a Costco or whatever, and you zap them over there, and they print them off, and you pick them up the next time you're there. That works. Pretty oh, well. it's cheaper than hell too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really easy. Um, the quality's not always what I'm hoping yeah, for. Really, little hit or miss. Not quite the same as your old photographs used to be. Right. I thought about doing this in the past, but I remember my mom would always freak out. She'd go, oh, what are you going to be taking pictures of? You know, and I was mom, it's just just regular things, not... <laughs> what, is your mom in the CIA? Or <laughs> no, she's always worried that I'm going to be a pornographer. <laughs> she's <laughs> always worried. Yeah, always. I know. So your mom has always been worried that you'll end up a pornographer. Well, well you keep I... bringing skanks home and then taking their pictures is why. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, one one more thing on the photo deal. So we, I take a gazillion pictures on my iPhone. My wife does, too, all these stuff. And then every once in a while, my wife will break out our nice camera and take a picture and then you'll go oh yeah that's what a picture can look like mm. you just just gorgeous quality of it looks like real life you get used to your you know your iphone pics right. and think that's fine you know i'm pretty good at taking pictures and i see those iphone commercials where people take you know a, a picture of the uh, icelandic fjord so beautiful it makes you weep you know that sort of thing with their iphone and right. the rest of it what do how are you how are y'all doing that <laughs> What's going on there? Because every time I try to pick, uh, take a picture of fjords, it's like, what is that over there? Some sort of hill with a valley? <laughs> no, it's a fjord! It doesn't look nearly like it does in the commercials. There's a Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, Elon Musk, a guy that I am uh, fascinated by. I think he's one of the most interesting people that, uh, that I have certainly ever observed. He definitely is. Uh, was uh, responding on Twitter yesterday when somebody was mentioning kind of, it was like a mock tweet. Hey, Elon, you know, nobody will be mad or jump in front of you if you try to fix this Flint water crisis as well. I promise, you know, everybody will be cool with it. Hmm. So he responds, said, uh, consider this a commitment that I will fund fixing the water in any house in Flint that has water contamination above FDA levels. No kidding. And then it went on for several hours where he was going back with several reports. No, no, I'm serious. I'm going to do this. Here's the email I set up where people can send me information. I'm in China at the moment, so I'm not going to be able to actually start on this until I get back in a day or two. But I'm going to go to Flint. We're going to take a look at this. Uh, says, uh, most houses in Flint have safe water, but they've lost faith in government test results. Some houses are still outliers. We'll organize a weekend in Flint to add filters to those houses with issues and hopefully fix the perception that those are actually good. That'd be a fun way to be a billionaire the way he is. Yes. Yeah. yes. As opposed to like your Zuckerberg types who are just trying to amass more power and money, it would seem. Senator, I- everything I'm saying is a lie, but I'll have my team get back to you with more lives. <laughs> Senator? <laughs> um, it, it strikes me that Elon Musk is becoming uh, something like a Jesus figure in that people bring lepers to him. All right. The leper being little boys stuck in a cave, and then the blind man who is, well, perhaps literally, if you eat and drink enough lead in your water, uh, the people of Flint are the blind man being brought to Elon mm. Musk. And he does all these amazing things, and yet the only things that I can really think about when it comes to Elon Musk are two tweets that I saw that said, Elon is short for watermelon. His real name is Watermelon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) I'd uh, I'd like to see some documentation on that, but go on. And when the eventual scandal of Elon Musk happens, it will be called Elongate. Uh, Oh, Oh, no. All right. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, I got to tell you, I had a narrow brush with death yesterday. Managed to pour gasoline all over myself while I was filling up at the station. Wow. Wow. Went out and bought 30 bucks worth. And then around $28, pump clicked off. Well, being a man, I wanted to get the full 30. <laughs> so it went pump, click, pump, click, 
pump. You mean you paid I mean, ahead of time? So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So just as it hit thirty dollars, gas comes shooting out of my tank, oh. all over me and the ground. You had a cigarette hanging out of your mouth, so <laughs> yeah. it's extra scary. <laughs> Always. So, it was a horrible time to be juggling torches. <laughs> yes. So there I am, reeking of gasoline and uh, sloshing into the station to say, you know, there's a gas spill at pump six. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They said, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling us. Are you all right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I slouched away. So did you just get into your car smelling like gasoline <laughs> and head on home? I, they gave me they gave me some paper towels to put down on there the uh, driver's seat. Oh, that's and a I bad thing. Stinking back, like gas. I drove back with the windows wide open and the AC cranked all the way up. And just one cigarette hanging out of your mouth <laughs> as opposed to your usual two. Exactly. And a big cigar as well. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, July 12th, year 2018. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's begin the show officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. We've had a very amazing two-day period in Brussels, and uh, we really accomplished a lot with respect to NATO. There you go. We'll try to break that down a little bit throughout the morning and what was or wasn't accomplished, I guess. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall? Well, as you just heard, Trump says goodbye to NATO, ending two days on a high note. We have Stormy Daniels getting arrested during a strip tease. No, she went too far. And a simple way to get fussy babies to go to sleep. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. What our headline ought to be, our opening clip certainly could have been, you will hear at least once during the show today, is the increasingly hilarious over-the-top rhetoric from Chuck Schumer, Cory Booker et al. over the horrors that await the union if Judge Kavanaugh is uh, is uh, confirmed. The Kavanaugh-calypse? Exactly. <laughs> or something. Chuck Schumer said something that was not unintentionally funny, but actually hilarious this morning. So are the uh, FBI lovers going to testify today? Or today and tomorrow? You have one FBI lover testifying today. Stock. One. Right. They actually, when Paige didn't show up yesterday, they offered her the option of showing up with Strzok to testify. (laughs) I don't think I'll be doing that. And she hates him now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, ended badly. That's a shame, those two kids. That would have been awesome if they were together. And then she uh, she was bugging me to, to say something. I was not bugging you. Yes, you were. That's not true. It's not true. How's mailbag look? What do you call telling me ten times in a row to do something? I call it bugging me! Mailbag's fine. A lot of reaction to our AR-15 discussion yesterday, as oh, you might geez, see, yeah, I'm sure. guess. But I'm sure. Uh, much of, most of it, quite respectful. Cool. No, that's, that's, that's nice. And open-hearted, intending not to castigate, but to convince. Okay. Fantastic. Finally, um, finally, perhaps we have changed the tone of the conversation in this country as the conscience of a nation. Yeah, well, it's not easy. It's a burden. I want to hear why Stormy Daniels was arrested. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. The nation. gave an impromptu about 20-minute news conference uh, early this morning on the other side of the world um, at the end of the NATO summit, and I just was flipping on MSNBC to see what they're talking about as I'm going through my channels this morning, and they were 
you know, their hair was on fire and the world's coming to an end and Trump is a liar and he's destroyed NATO. I mean, that's what they're always saying generally. But mm-hmm. So then I just saw on CNN the secretary general of NATO, who's the guy in charge and a foreigner, who said it was a very great summit. We got some things out in the open that we needed to discuss, and it was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, that doesn't sound like a disaster from the guy from another country who runs NATO. Right. Well, it was funny. Now, unless I... Trump had a gun to his head, it doesn't quite sound like he was being portrayed on the anti-Trump channel. CNN was really trying to gin up the anti-Trump stuff, too, as usual. And they were talking to a young woman whose name I don't recall, but she was quite a capable reporter. And she said, look, the, the other leaders of NATO... They get Trump more than they used to. And they understand the public pronouncements and the bluster and then the private conversations and how those things square and how it uh, uh, what comes out at the end. You know what the machine finally spits out in terms of policy. And uh, and she said the long and short of it is from all of our sources is it's definitely not ideal the way he handles things, but there's no irreparable damage being done. And the poor host on CNN was really unhappy with that analysis. <laughs> That's not my narrative! We've talked to a number of people that Trump behind closed doors is pretty... Uh... Remember, we talked to that one woman who used to work for him and said behind closed doors, you mean he runs a meeting and it's, it's pretty good and normal and he talks normal and everything like that. I wonder if all these people, once they sit down and meet with him, they say, this is weird. He's a completely different person right now than I've seen on television. And then you start to figure out, okay, it's a TV show. Right. Which is strange on its own thing. But uh, anyway. Hmm. I did, I did hear somebody talk about um, how he had told his staff uh, before inauguration that we got to treat every day like a reality show. And how so many, so many of these events, it looks like that's what he's doing. You know, he set up the good guys and villains yesterday with these giant pronouncements. And then he comes out at the end of it and says, everything is fantastic. I mean, it is like a reality show. You have to set up the conflict, explain who's the good guy and the bad guy, and all this sort of stuff. And at the end, everybody comes together and is happy. What an odd way to run a country. Yeah. yeah. A superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have, we'll have to see how it goes. Mailbag. First freedom-loving quote of the day uh, passed on by Ian uh, from Tijuana. And he points out it is somewhat ironic that it's from Woodrow Wilson who uh, believed in expanding the uh, the government's power, and he was a progressive in the true sense, meaning... Founding member of the Beach Boys? Correct. Woodrow, Will, Woodrow Woody Wilson. Right. Drummer. Uh, he, uh, and, and, and Wilson, he was one of those people who believed the government can be whatever the majority says it can be, and that, you know, the Constitution ought to shut up. And he was a punk and an idiot. He was a very learned man, and yet an idiot. Anyway, uh, liberty has never come from government. Liberty has always come from the subjects under it. Well, it's, I wouldn't use that word, but the history of liberty is a history of limitations of governmental power, not the increase of it. Well, when you're right, you're right. Even if you're Woody Wilson of the Beach Boys. No doubt that's true. Let's go sipping now. Everybody's learning how. Good stuff. He wrote that one. Come on, League of Nations with me. Right. Huh? Come on, League That's of a, Nations with an me. an obscure Beach Boys slash Woodrow Wilson joke. <laughs> Somebody enjoyed it, surely. <laughs> I anybody, liked it. I liked it. Michael did. <laughs> uh, here's, uh, here's a nice contribution from uh, Steve in beautiful San Jose. Dear J&J, after listening to and enjoying your show for years, I'd like to... Here's a shower thought. Is he never going to listen again? No, he's fine. He's fine. Usually those end with, and I'm never listening again. Um, 
When people talk about traveling into the past, they worry about radically changing the present with any small action. Yet no one in the present believes they can radically change the future by doing something small. Yeah. That's something. How about that? Um, And then he has a haiku that's not very good at all. But thank you for sending it nonetheless. It's a haiku about how he hates haikus. So, uh, mid-show decision. Now, so what is Dev- Devlin Barrett talking about? We all we want the topic, not the name, Hanson. What's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, thanks for getting my coffee. But what's the matter with you? Yeah, I can't remember the names of any journalists. What's what? Uh, what does Devlin Barrett talk about? Oh, Strock and Page. Yeah, I'm for that. You oh, yeah, talk sure. To yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk to That's him. That's a yes. Cool. We'll do that at about 649. Beautiful. Looking forward to it. Guys, have you ever addressed the woo that plays shortly after... Michael's clean strike of the Liberty Bell. Yeah, I, We're talking, uh, I mentioned that yesterday. Actually. Do we have the Liberty Bell sound? Yeah, it's in Marshall's files, actually. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, Sean is uh, switching over to Marshall's computer. It's surely a mystery, but the fact that it makes me angry leads me to believe it's a positive Sean outburst. It makes Much you that's angry. That's a shot at positive... It w- makes him a- makes you angry. I kind of like it. I think. Hey, B, what's the matter with you? So I don't, I don't think I've ever noticed it. Oh, you haven't. At the end, there's like a trail off, nothing, and then a woo. Okay, all right. <laughs> Here comes the Liberty Bell clip. Wow, this is this is like something out of National Treasure. I mean, it's a, it's a mystery. Be less angry. Listener. Yeah, hey, yeah. A.B., settle hell down. Huh? That's a good idea. All right, you ready to go? Yes. yes go all ahead. right, here we go with the Liberty Bell. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, listen, it's easy to understand. <laughs> we we sent Michael to Philadelphia right. to break into on, or uh, sneak into. On his dime. Independence Hall. He was not paid for by the Armstrong and no, Getty we Corporation. Just, we That's ordered correct. him to do it. <laughs> That's correct. So I took Greyhound clear across the country and, and and told him you need to sneak and or break into Independence Hall at night and actually ring the Liberty Bell and record the sound for the show. And uh, if you are caught or arrested, we will disavow ever having met you. And if you fail, it'll be your job. So anyway, he got into Liberty Hall. He had a, a ball peen hammer with him. He hit the Liberty Bell, which cracked it further. But he got a clean recording and he was so relieved. He, woo, woo. Then he got back on the Greyhound bus. Came back to the West Coast. And Is, here I am. Does the Liberty Bell still ring? I've seen it, but I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. No. I learned this as a school child. Okay. I saw it the same day that I saw Benjamin Franklin's toilet. I remember that. <laughs> as I was touring Philadelphia. That's a good day. Does yeah. that still flush? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Very good. Uh, here's a note about Joe's questionable claim. It's Tim. Uh, let's see. It, it had to do with, um, I, I mocked some Obama-era advisor who was criticizing Donald Trump's uh, foreign policy in bitter, harsh terms. And um, let's see. Tim writes, what a preposterous statement. We've long known of your animosity toward all things Obama. That's an overstatement. But, but to say that his administration left international relations in a shambles is cuckoo. Um, that's not what I said, but I will explain what I said. Obama clearly had his faults in the realm of global diplomacy, but he damn sure didn't go out of his way to piss off half the planet like Trump has with his petulant, half-cocked attitude and approach. A uh, lot of truth there, my lad. A lot of truth there. I was making reference to Jimmy Carter's statement that essentially Barack Obama didn't improve relations with any nation on Earth. Jimmy went on to say he didn't think it was Barack's fault. I disagree with him. Uh, but that was that was what I was talking about. I thought Barack Obama was a miserable failure in terms of international relations. And Trump is petulant. <laughs> and, and, and half-cocked and has <laughs> hardly any idea what he's talking about most of the time. <laughs> Marshall's yes. News coming up, and we'll get into uh, everything. 
on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we now know that Peter Strzok will be testifying at seven hour time. The FBI agent now uh, keeping in mind that these um, these shows this is this is open yeah. right yes that these shows never uh, result in anything uh, probably not no 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 although good tape headlines oh yeah something to get excited about that's all I ask for in the day so who's, you who's, call it nothing I call it I'm amused who's questioning the the House or the Senate I believe it's the House okay so you got a Jim Jordan will be on there yelling at him right. Oh, I hope so. I'm thinking of the people that are really going to make the news. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, cool. oh, by the way, quick note, uh, Dan in Pittsburgh really enjoyed the Woodrow Wilson Beach Boys joke. Thank you. He, he wanted to let us know that. So <laughs> He's the you. one. Thanks for the for the feedback, Dan. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, President Trump wrapping up two days of NATO meetings, saying a tremendous amount of progress has been made. For years, presidents have been coming to these meetings and... Uh, talked about the expense, the tremendous expense for the United States, and uh, tremendous progress has been made. Everyone's agreed to substantially up their commitment. They're going to up it at levels that they've never thought of before. He said they'd been able to agree on 2% of GDP for now, but he noted that figure would likely be increasing. Now, as for his upcoming meeting... Now, I need to jump in that everybody's fact-checking the president on that, and and CNN and MSNBC making a big deal over the fact that they had already agreed to that and that the president didn't get them to agree to that. I don't think that's correct interpretation of what happened. They had agreed to it, but they weren't doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. They now say they're going to do it. Yes. That would be a change. I can agree to make my credit card payments, but if I don't do it, it doesn't really make any difference. But, uh, but by signing the agreement, they said they would do it. So now they're saying, okay, I'll really do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, now that's they may, a subtle change. They may renege on that. Right. But he may have pressured right. them to following through on what they, they promised they would do. He also, do you have more of the impromptu press conference? I do. Because at one point he said, and we're thinking about increasing it to 4%, and the other country said, no, we're not. Right. <laughs> so he just kind of made it up. Right. He's throwing, he was running it up the flagpole. He was. He went on to say NATO's doing much better today than it was before he arrived in Brussels with his demands to take the financial burden off America. I think that uh, NATO is much stronger now than it was two days ago. I think that NATO was not doing what they were supposed to be doing a lot of the countries, and we were doing much more than we should have been doing. Frankly, we were carrying too much of a burden. That's why we call it burden sharing. Burden sharing. Now, as for his upcoming meeting with Russian President uh, Putin next week, Trump said he and various other NATO allies believe it will go well. They actually uh, thanked me for meeting with President Putin. I look forward to the meeting. Uh, They thanked me. They thought it was a great thing that I was doing it. And they gave us our best wishes or their best wishes. Now, uh, with that being said, we'll see what happens. Just a loose meeting. It's not going to be big schedule. I don't think it should take a very long period of time, and we'll see where it leads. But it could lead to productive, something very productive, and maybe it's not. Will the camera catch Trump handing the check over to Putin for getting him elected? Oh, boy. Or will Putin try to poison Trump with some of that uh, scary poison that he's got? Oh, man. What's that? All right. 
Adult film actress Stormy Daniels out on bail after getting arrested for allowing a customer... She did something on stage you haven't even read about in dirty magazines. I'm looking she at performed her. an act that only 1% of the population <laughs> could even hope to perform. She did something so sick, the authorities in Ohio had to step in. She was arrested uh, for allowing a patron to touch her in violation of Ohio law. The customer was actually, it turns out... He Col- touched her in violation. A Columbus PD officer, Mary Prather. She touched her in violation. Yes. Yes. Where did she touch her? According to police docs, Stormy put both hands on the officer's butt and breasts and then put her breasts in the cop's face. In other words, TMZ says Stormy was done in by motorboating. And uh, and this is what we need to have law enforcement working on. <sighs> I saw her. I feel safer, don't yeah, you guys? Yeah, jeez. I saw her mugshot. Ain't easy to look that good in a mugshot. Hmm. Oh. That's very impressive. Yeah, her attorney, Michael Avenatti, concedes the patrons did indeed. He's a porn promoter, Marshall. The patrons did indeed touch his client, but he describes it as a non-sexual way. And he went on to say this was a complete setup. It's absurd law enforcement resources are being spent to conduct a sting operation. Yeah, so it kind of is. Dirty make... tricks, you, er, that's phrasing. Dirty pool using a, a lady undercover cop for one of these things, too, because uh, <sighs> the, 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 the ladies, they, they like the ladies. As a taxpayer, do you want any of your money going to law enforcement to make sure nobody touches Stormy Daniels' boob at a strip club? I don't. Or that Stormy Daniels touches anyone with her boob. Right. Does, does it, anybody concerned about that? Um, also, I read a description. Land of the free, my hiney. Free the bosom. That's what I said. <laughs> I read a description of a Stormy Daniels appearance the other yeah. night as she's traveling around the country. And it was another one of those descriptions where she comes up on stage with like five people clapping and dances around for like a minute. And then some people get some stuff signed with her, and it just seems sad all the way around. It's sad for her. Nobody's showing up. It's sad for the patrons, who that's their what they're doing with their lives. It's right. just sad. Right. It's uh, sad for CNN that treated her like she was Whitaker Chambers for quite some time, testifying <laughs> about the communist infiltration of the State Department. I mean, it's just it's sad all around. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Listen closely for Michael's after oh, liberty bell what would you make of the modern era woo, woo. so the two lovers from the fbi are testifying in the next 48 hours struck here in about a half an hour and uh, we're going to talk to a reporter from the washington post about that um what can we expect anything and why did the uh, the, the girl lisa page fbi lawyer the female half of the love duo why did she refuse to talk yesterday? What was that all? Because it's a cover-up. Clearly. Uh, we'll figure that's all out. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. very disturbed by this. Congressional subpoenas for testimony are not optional. So I stand firmly behind Chairman Goodlatte. Uh, She was a part of the mess that we have uncovered over at DOJ. She has an obligation to come and testify. If she wants to come plead the fifth, that's her choice. But a subpoena to testify before Congress is not optional. It's mandatory. She needs to comply, and I stand behind Chairman Goodlatte 100% on this. 
So that was um, uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan saying that uh, FBI agent Page, one of the lovers duo, part of the lovers duo, needs to testify, and now she is going to show up. Apparently, somebody must have whispered in her ear and said, you're going to end up in jail if you don't show up. Do you think that's what happened? I wonder. My understanding is her uh, lawyers got in touch with uh, folks very late last night, but Devlin Barrett, the Washington Post reporter who focuses on national security and law enforcement, joins us and has better information than we do. Uh, Devlin, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Terrific. So uh, Lisa Page uh, was uh, was not going to testify or didn't show up, and now she is. What's the story? So they gave her a deadline of talking to them basically a Friday morning, and our understanding now is that she is going to go in and have a private uh, deposition with them on Friday morning. Now, Devlin, you know, I, th- I think some of this stuff is fluid, though, so I-, I wouldn't guarantee anything until it happens on Friday morning. They did offer her the option of testifying with her former lover. Is that what the kids call trolling these days? Yeah, that seems like a pretty... I, I think that's a fair description of, of how that went down. Uh, I-, I-, I mean, it, it is a interesting tactical move, let's say. Um, but I didn't have much expectation that that would ever come to pass. Well, on a personal level, these two were both married at the time. They have an affair. All their texts get revealed. They they broke up. It doesn't sound like, uh, you know, they're still friends or anything, uh, based on reading some of the texts I remember at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and now they're in this, you know, whirlwind of, of, of controversy and everything like that. With the stakes very high, but still, there there are pictures up there. I'm looking at uh, cable news, and their pictures are side by side. That'd be weird, having an ex-lover and a an, and, and relationship you're trying to keep secret. And every time you turn on the TV, there's the two of you side by side. I know. Very strange. Yeah, the whole thing is, is messy on multiple levels, right? But But the real issue for them right now is that they are, you know, under sustained fire basically from house republicans and they they you know they can they can say as much as they want and and the ig backs them up on this to some degree they can say you know look it didn't affect our work but you know even within the justice department and the fbi you know there's a lot of agreement that this all looks terrible and makes everyone look well the ig said we can't prove that it affected their work correct right and and the two folks uh, i'm not going to define them by their affair jack the two professionals. Uh, I just do that because that's what Trump does. The FBI lovers. <laughs> right. So, But what we're trying to get to, to not get ahead of it for people who don't follow this stuff quite as mm-hmm. obsessively as we do, is <laughs> is whether the, the anti-Trump sentiments they expressed in their lovers' texts got in the way of their work or not. Was the bias uh, made manifest in the way they did their jobs? Right. And he... Peter Strzok's argument is absolutely not, and he's going to try and present that as best he can at at this hearing. But everyone expects this hearing is going to be a lot of shouting and a lot of, you know, public umbrage directed. Yes, shouting and umbrage. Uh, That's right. (laughs) And so, you know, that's how we all expect this to play out. And I I think that's a fairly rational expectation. Well, is Trey Gowdy involved in this? Yes. Well, then he Uh, I mean, he has been bringing it hard against Strzok. On how th- th- there's no way there's not bias involved here. It's the definition of bias. So I expect him to come out of his shoes today. Yeah, and I think a bunch of them will, frankly. Uh, but I also think there's there's another part that I don't think people have, have sort of keyed in on, which is how me- potentially messy this conversation could be, because they want a lot of answers. The, the lawmakers want a lot of answers from Strzok about the Russia investigation. But the, there's going to be an FBI lawyer in that room who's not going to want Strzok to answer many of those questions. So this can turn into not just a two-way shouting match, but a three-way shouting match. Uh, We'll we just have to see. Devlin Barrett uh, from the Washington Post is on the line. Uh, back to Lisa Page, who was supposed to show up, was it yesterday, I guess, and, and didn't. 
Um, right. She was subpoenaed to show up yesterday. Yeah. Right. She claimed that she needed more documents to prepare herself. Now, Bob Goodlatte, the chairman of the committee, is coming back and saying, oh, wait a minute. She went to the FBI to look at. In fact, they contacted her asking, is there anything you need? They restored her security clearance, which I hadn't realized, which had been taken away when she left the uh, uh, the bureau. Um, does it seem like she was just trying to buy a couple of days or w- wiggle out of it if she could? I think there's a lot of positioning here, and I think a lot of the positioning is about trying to question her before she has seen Strzok's answers to a lot of these same questions. Ah, she wanted him to talk first. She wanted him to talk first. But I think she also doesn't want to talk before she sees what his answers are. Yeah. I I think she doesn't want to get caught in a contradiction with him. Interesting. And I think they want to catch her in a contradiction with him. And I think that's on both sides. I think that's a lot of the positioning that's going on. Good stuff. Devlin, is there anything in the Constitution about an isolation booth, like a game show, (laughs) so so Uh, she doesn't hear his answers? No, but there's, you know, certainly, I mean, not to be too nerdy, but there's, you know, uh, in, in courts, you don't let witnesses hear what other witnesses are sure. going to say. Sure. Uh, so there is some, you know, thought has been put into this in the past by other humans. Uh, but, you know, look, I think I think because it's Congress, obviously, there's a lot of gamesmanship going on. And that's just sort of the way everything works. So and but but that is the way I think of the game that's being played right now. Now, you two can uh, dismiss me bringing up the 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 affair and the love aspect of it. But if I remember correctly from the texts at the end, he would tried to contact her like a couple of more times and she had said, don't ever text me again. So that ended pretty icily. That could play a role in, you know, whether she's willing to throw him under the bus or protect him or not. I mean, it's just human nature, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I don't know how much control either of them have over what happens to the other, frankly. Um, I think they have both seen their, their careers sort of go up in flames to a certain degree, and they're both trying to rehabilitate as much of their reputation as they possibly can. Uh, I don't and know. Stay how, out of jail, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you don't look, want to perjure yourself. Oh. Right. Per- perjury is obviously something, you know, every every congressional witness has to think about a little bit. Um, and but look, I think these two are in a terrible situation and it's not going to get any better for them anytime soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's well said, because uh, I was shocked um, to learn that frequently people dragged into these uh, committee investigations. <laughs> they spend tens, if not hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars on lawyers to oh. keep themselves out of trouble. Right. Which is really right. It, it does seem un-American that, that uh, you know, depending on what you've done and not done, but the idea that, okay, I'm going to go talk to my elected representatives, and I've got to lawyer up so thoroughly, maybe my kids can't go to college anymore. I mean, that's rough. Yeah, and, and it's funny. This I have talked to a lot of people who are not important people in government, but people who have jobs in, let's say, the FBI or the Justice Department, and a lot of them have what's called personal liability insurance, where... If anything in their job leads to legal problems, they have an insurance policy basically to buy themselves a lawyer. And I, some of those some of those guys think you know everyone in the government should have one, which Jeez. seems crazy to me. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that is that is an increasingly popular view among people who work in the government. No way to run a country. Final thought uh, from me, at least, Evelyn. Uh, have you heard anything that you take semi seriously about uh, how soon the uh, Mueller investigation might be wrapping up? Well, I, I think Mueller has made it, given an interesting signal in at least one of his cases, which is the uh, sort of the Russian troll farm case. He has brought on a bunch of non-Mueller team lawyers to do it, which 
I'm, I've been told by sources indicates he's already thinking about farming out some of these cases for prosecution as opposed to investigation. So I do think he has some vision in his mind of, of how and when he is going to shut down. And that's the first indicator, first kind of semi-public indicator we've seen that he's thinking that way. But, you know, one of the tricky things about lawyers, especially government lawyers, is deadlines always push. And so he, even if he has a, a firm notion in his head of ending, you know, later this year or early next or something like that, you know, events may change his mind as, as this continues to roll forward. Devlin Barrett, uh, multiple Pulitzer Prize nominee, Washington Post reporter, focuses on national security, uh, security and law enforcement. Devlin, it's always great when we can spend a few minutes. Thanks a million. Thanks, guys. He's really good. Oh, he's terrific, yeah. I like him predicting that it's going to be fiery. We've got to take um, uh, Trey Gowdy live or or close to it, because, I mean, it's guaranteed to be good TV. I mean, there's not a chance it's not going to be, unless Strzok just says fifth, fifth, fifth and doesn't answer any questions. But even then, Trey Gowdy would would, would lecture him. Right. Well, Trey is, he's fiery, but he's fair. He's not a grandstander like some of them are grandstanders. But he's convinced there's no effing way there's not bias here. And I'm telling you, he stated it. The irrefutable refe- defense is, I was saying anything it took to get in her pants. That's it. Will he? I didn't use, mean half of it. I didn't mean any of it. Will he? What? Will use what is becoming known as the Sean defense. That's what <laughs> Sean's been claiming since this first broke. Seems like an unfair characterization. Also known as the pants doctrine. <laughs> he was just going along with what would keep her happy. Right. <laughs> yeah, honey. Yeah, Trump is an idiot. No, he won't get elected. No oh, way, sure, baby. We'll stop him somehow. Yeah, yeah, I'll stop him for you. Hey, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> so are you still up? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You mind if I come over? We can talk about, I don't know, stopping Trump. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.